Hey everyone, this is Achuta Bhava from Nightlight Astrology, and today we're going to take a look at a birth chart from my client practice in order to illustrate a few natal delineation techniques. Um, so we'll do a few things. We're going to take a look at some basic ways to interpret um, the birth chart relative to the specific concerns and the specific topic that this client had in mind when coming to the reading. We're also going to take a look at the use of a couple of forecasting techniques, including tracking of transits alongside of the use of an ancient technique that's grown in popularity in recent times called zodiacal releasing. So most of you would be able to follow all of this. If you're not familiar with zodiacal releasing, don't worry, it won't be over your head. You will be able to follow along with it easily enough conceptually. Um, and it's a really cool example. I felt like after this reading was done in my live classroom with my students, it would make a good uh, YouTube video, and I realized I haven't done a craft video for a while, and I think it's always good to do one because a lot of people out there who watch this channel are um, in the practice of looking at birth charts, whether it's for fun or if you're thinking of becoming a professional. Either way, it's handy to have some videos that help you deepen your understanding of how to read charts, or at the very least, just this is this is a, a good episode when it comes to. Um, just some, some really good stories and the way that birth charts can bring to life all of the elements of um, our biography. It's just, it never fails to amaze me. Um, before I do that, I want to remind all of you, before we dive into this chart today, I want to remind all of you that two of my mentors, Loka and Vidarba, are beginning a 12-week immersion class on the Bhagavad Gita that I'm very happy to be helping them promote. You can check it out at bhaktiwise.com. And it's a 12-week Gita immersion class called Unlocking the Mysteries of the Bhagavad Gita. Loka and Vidarbha are two of my favorite people, and they're just wonderful teachers and very devoted practitioners of bhakti yoga. Uh, the class is online. If you click on the Study With Us tab, you can learn all about it. All the classes are outlined there. It's donation-based. You can donate what you can to join. And the class runs from March 15th through May 31st. It meets on Tuesdays from 8 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. And if you can't make it live, they are all recorded and archived for you. You can also take some optional mantra meditation classes. So it's uh, a really fantastic program. Quite a few of my students and audience here last year went through it and really enjoyed it. So I think you guys will too. All right. That being said, let's open up this chart and always with permission of the client. We are going to take a look at this chart today. Now, in my classroom, when this person came in, I was illustrating what is called a uh, topical reading. Broadly speaking, there are two types of readings, natal chart readings that I do. One is going to be universal and the other is topical. And sometimes it's a mix of both. A universal reading, generally speaking, is going to happen when someone's coming in for the very first time, and they want to know, what does my birth chart tell you about my lifetime overall, strengths, weaknesses, what is my destiny path, and so forth. Now, when we look at a topical reading, it's generally going to be more specific. What do you see about marriage or money, or what do you see about my career? And of course, some of those topics get addressed in a universal reading where you're giving a broad overview of the birth chart 
But often, in order to get really deeply into um, a particular topic, I need an hour alone with probably just that topic. So in this case, we were illustrating a topical reading. And this woman came to our class wanting to know about family karma in a very specific situation and some very specific concerns about the future. So I'll present those to you guys first so you have a sense of what the backdrop of this reading was all about. And then I'll take you through how the analysis went and some of the highlights with tips for interpretation and round up with some forecasting and some illustrations of how you can use forecasting effectively. So in this reading, the woman's concern was with family karma. And she gave us some background right away. One of the first things that she told us was that she has, um, she's close with her mother and father, but has strained relationships uh, with her siblings. Um, in particular, one sibling who has some very severe mental health challenges and has actually had is not no longer allowed to be in the family's home and has demonstrated aggressive and destructive violent tendencies um, and is very sick. So this very unfortunate situation, um, he's uh, diagnosed with schizophrenia, I believe it was. So she wanted to know about the karma around her siblings. One of the reasons that she was also curious about this is that her parents are getting older. Her father has um, Parkinson's. Mom is not so healthy. And she's also got a sick sibling and worries about the potential for these things to fall on her. She's tended to be the one to adopt a lot of responsibility for her family members, especially her parents. And her other brother is not nearby, kind of out of the picture. And then, of course, she has a sick brother. So it just sounded like, wow, what a challenging you know, situation. So the first thing to do in a case like this is to try to identify the um, potential signifiers, the planets that most likely represent the topics that she's inquiring about. And so there's a variety of ways that you can do this, but one of the signifiers of home and family <clears throat> traditionally is going to be the moon. You can see here the moon is at the IC, uh, and that's often going to be um, a pretty good indicator of which planet in the chart at any rate has the power to signify karma around home and family. So my eyes were immediately drawn to the moon at the IC in terms of the first step is just very basically trying to identify which planet in the chart may speak to uh, family karma. And there's a variety of reasons we're doing this one to try and understand what the chart's saying, but two, so that when it comes to looking at future transits, we also know which transits to which planets are likely to result in major events relative to home and family. So you start with that moon there. The other thing that we can notice right away uh, when it comes to uh, potentially losing your father at an earlier age, maybe a degenerative disease, uh, the sun in the 12th house comes to mind. 
Um, and then when it comes to having a sibling who um, has real mental health challenges and maybe a history of violence, looking at Rahu, Rahu excuse me, and Mars in the third house of siblings, this is a daytime chart, which makes Mars what we call the malefic contrary to the sect. And so Mars in this house, along with Rahu, which often amplifies things and will tend to make malefic planets a bit more malefic. Uh, that's, those are strong signs of the challenges she's faced around both siblings, but probably in particular, the sibling who has had the major mental health challenges with a kind of a violent destructive history. So a couple of placements in the chart that stand out right away, probably the main one around family karma being the moon at the IC. And the moon at the IC is a critical degree that in quadrant-based houses is usually the degree that stands as the marker of the fourth house cusp. But in Hellenistic astrology, it can float freely in a number of houses. Still, if you have the moon at that degree, it's usually going to suggest a pretty strong uh, sense of, of commitment to home and family, that there's a strong foundation around family. So she's very close to her mom and dad. They mean a lot to her. She's also worried that the burden of responsibility will fall on her one siblings off. Parents are older and not doing as well. Other siblings sick. How am I going to handle this? Um, it's a big burden, right? So moon at the, at the roots at the IC suggests the foundational level of importance that family and parents play in her life and even the potential for there to um, for there to fall upon for the load or weight of her parents and their well-being or her family's well-being to fall upon her somehow it's also not common by it's not uncommon by the way for um, anyone born with a an ascendant ruled by Saturn or the sun and Mercury and Capricorn to feel a tremendous sense of responsibility it often comes with the territory of being a Saturnian, let's say. All of that aside, the biggest, again, signification of trouble with brother and siblings, the mental health challenges, going to be the malefic Mars with Rahu or the North Node in the third house. Now, the North Node does not take on the evolutionary meaning that modern astrologers give it in ancient astrology. It tends to be something that amplifies. It makes, um, it tends, for example, to make malefic planets get bigger and more amplified in their challenging significations. And Rahu with Mars is not particularly pleasant. So um, all of that is layer one. So part two of this analysis, as I was preparing for this client, consisted of trying to understand what was happening um, around the time that um, all of this, um, all of the challenges with her brother in particular started unfolding. Um, one of the major concerns she has is with um, the mental health challenges of her sibling and how that may interact with the health challenges that her parents are dealing with at the same time and the feeling that something may be coming to a head with the health of both parents and that sibling all, all together or the fear that there may be catastrophe of some kind surrounding her family members and again feeling like oh it's going to fall on me if it does. So she had said that 
everything really started unfolding in about 2000, that that was when her brother uh, experienced his, um, I guess, decompensation. He uh, had uh, kind of a, his break, she called it. And I don't know if that's still the language used, but that was uh, when he was diagnosed and um, it, it was really, really difficult for the family. So often when someone gives me a date, I'll use transits and I'll use zodiacal releasing alongside of one another to get a sense of what was happening around that time and to test out my theory. Was Mars being activated? Was the moon being activated? What kind of uh, zodiacal releasing period was the person in? And I would hope to see that the transits would sort of corroborate the way I'm seeing the chart. So it's also a way of sort of checking to make sure that I'm looking at the right part of the chart in order to understand where the karma is located. And again, why is that important? So that I know when it's going to be activated again, in what way, and therefore I can give my client a sense of when the next major season of family karma is likely to express itself. So we go into our tabulations and solar fire, and I look at zodiacal releasing, and you probably can't see it on the screen because it's really tiny. But when I go back in time, in she said in 2000, the 2000 school year. So when the fall of 2000 hits all the way through the spring of 2001, when her brother uh, uh, was diagnosed with schizophrenia. So it's around that time, if I look from September of 2000 to about October of 2002, that she enters into a zodiacal releasing period that falls into the sixth house in cancer ruled by the moon, the moon at the IC. Wow. So it does right away. I feel good knowing that in a time where we would anticipate that the moon and family karma would be incredibly important, we see the sixth house of cancer active, a place of sickness, disease, hardship, frustrations. It's called the house of bad fortune traditionally. So often sixth house periods are pretty challenging, ruled by the moon at the IC. So the family unit and its integrity psychically is being challenged tremendously as older brother is having a, a major health crisis. So right away I go, okay, I'm sort of in the right, I'm in the ballpark. You know what I mean? I know what I'm looking at. Now let's take a look at the transits around 2000 in the fall of 2000 when all of this began. And I'm going to put uh, let me just, I'm going to add the outer planets into our view now. <clears throat> I typically don't use them as a Hellenistic astrologer in natal delineation until I've at least taken the chart in pretty deeply with just the traditional seven. Okay, so we're going to go back in time and we're going to go down to the fall of 2000. And again, what I would anticipate is that the moon would be active. And sure enough, what we see is late August into September as the school year is starting. We see Saturn transiting the IC and the moon, while Rahu, the north node, is in that sixth house. That, again, 
immediately for me as the astrologer tells me, yep, it's going to be that moon that we really want to pay attention to here in the next few years in terms of there being major events in the family, which is what she's asking about. When do you see the next major events coming in my family? Here's this background. I have these worries that a lot of responsibility might fall on my plate because one brother's gone, the other's sick. Both my parents are a little ill. If it, something were to happen with my ill brother, it, would, it would, could wreck my parents. They're already vulnerable health-wise, you know, and I'm, I'm worried that a lot of this may fall on me and so forth. So we can see going back to 2000 when her brother's um, mental health challenges began in a very tumultuous fashion that Saturn was at the IC and transiting the moon. That's hugely important. The other thing that was happening around that time that is also um, really significant is going to be that Neptune was transiting the ascendant. When I saw this, I asked my client a question. I said, because when Neptune transits the ascendant, it we know that our own, when, when a major outer planet transits the ascendant, questions about our identity are going to come up. Who am I? Psychologically, my character, my, my sense of calling and purpose. Well, who am I? And I said, you know, you were pretty young at this time. You were like, you know, maybe 13 going on 14 years old when all of this was happening. What do you remember about how you felt and what you were going through? said, well, you know, it was kind of like coming of age time for her. And one of the things that she was doing, because, and it, you probably, some of you probably are familiar with this pattern. When there's one sibling that has problems, real challenges, oftentimes all of the attention goes to that sibling. All of the energy and focus becomes on the health and well-being of that sibling. And that can mean, unfortunately, that other siblings or other children in the family, their development uh, is overlooked. Hopefully not for long, but often, you know, one, one child can sort of steal the show and positively or negatively. So she said, well, around that time, I was doing my best to project an identity of perfection get the best grades, be the most likable, lovable, basically trying to be everything that my brother was not. I'm 100% I'm, I'm together and try to get my parents to see me and really validate who I am and do so by projecting an image that is such a stark contrast to the troubles and problems my brother's having. So that's Neptune on the ascendant during that time. Saturn's crossing the moon, bringing up lots of challenges around family karma. Eclipses are falling in the sixth house in Cancer, a place of illness in the sign of the moon. Neptune's on the ascendant. And she's saying, well, I'm not going to be that. I'm going to be responsible. I'm going to make an image that my parents will be proud of. And it's right around that time that she started defining herself as the responsible one, the, the one who will take the burdens Neptune on the ascendant, a little, almost like a bit of a martyr becoming that a little bit, right? So that was the start of, of a creation of an identity that now she's nervous about. In the present moment, there's a lot of anxiety 
oh, I, I'm not married yet. I don't have kids yet, but I'm thinking maybe I will. And if I want to have marriage and kids, but suddenly as my parents are getting old, I become responsible for three sick family members potentially, and also having to potentially shield my parents from challenges that my brother may be going through, who's sort of disconnected from the family, but they're still, they still worry about him all the time. What if I can't bear that responsibility anymore? So I'm just curious what you see coming. And this is where, to me, it gets so interesting. I love astrology so much because of how much insight it gives when we compare timelines and look at upcoming transits and compare them from one era of life to the next. So let's take a look at some of the upcoming transits to those same places in the chart, which you know indicate some of the challenges around siblings, the focus on family karma with the moon. Well, look at what's coming up here. I find this to be absolutely remarkable. First of all, if we go forward to about 2025, we are going to see a confluence of events between 2025 and six that are pretty remarkable. First of all, we have another outer planet back over the ascendant in Pluto. So in a couple of years from now, we're talking about another time in this person's life where questions about identity are going to be front and center. But what's so important is what else is happening simultaneously, because that could happen for a variety of reasons, not necessarily because of anything related to family karma. But we should notice that at the same time that Pluto is traversing the ascendant in 2025, Saturn and Neptune are going to conjoin in a conjunction with that natal Mars in the third house of siblings. And at the same time that that happens, uh, we're going to also see the planet Uranus enter the sign of Gemini and traverse the IC and the moon. So we're having a repeat of the same dynamic that was present in 2000 when her brother had his mental health crisis. We're going to see a major planet in Uranus, a planet of disruption, hitting the roots and foundation of the chart, the IC and the moon, bringing up probably some earth-shaking events around family, the tectonic plates underneath the surface with family, the health of family members, parents, siblings, etc., going through quite a bit. At the same time, we're going to see that really challenging Mars in the third house of siblings getting the Saturn-Neptune conjunction, which suggests simultaneous events in the family that are related to siblings. You see the moon and Mars are configured by a, a, an exact sextile in this natal chart. At the same time that just like 2000, there was a deep questioning of identity amidst the, the traumas and challenges of family and a crafting of identity to meet those challenges, you're also going to see an outer planet in Pluto transiting the ascendant and once again bringing up questions about identity. So our client's intuition that there is an that there's an event horizon 
she can sense it, feel it, see it psychically somehow. And she's asking, I feel like something is going to happen. You know, eventually I've got three of one brother who's not present. The other three are ill, getting closer to the end of their life, not stable, etc. When do you see all of this um, potentially sort of detonating karmically, for lack of a better word? And how do you see it affecting me? And so we had a good long talk about that. But one of the things that I suspect is that this will be an opportunity for this individual to flip the script or recreate their sense of identity as these events in the family are unfolding. Maybe there will be new boundaries set with what she can or cannot provide in the way of support, resources, time. Maybe there will be new things that she's taking on for herself, like a marriage or a family by that point. And at the same time that family events are happening for her, she has to tend to her own family or to a new relationship. But it could present her, in other words, hypothetically, with a crossroads in terms of what my commitments and priorities are when it comes to my family versus the things that I'm focusing on and that I might need to give my attention to aside from them. So this is the timeline that we see. And it lasts for a little while. It goes into 2026. These three events simultaneously. Now, when we look at zodiacal releasing, I think we find something that is equally impressive. Pull up the client birth chart again, and I'm going to run the reports. And it turns out that in January of 2026, right in the midst of all of this, when we release from spirit, she will move into another 25 month long sixth house cancer period ruled by the moon, the same one that was present, in other words, in 2000, when all of this happened. Even if you release from fortune, I think it's remarkable to note that since 2006, she's been in a 25 year cancer period in the sixth house. And that between 2024 and 26, the exact same timeline, that cycle will go through a loosing of the bond in the 12th house ruled by Saturn. So you have a 25-year Cancerian cycle releasing during that time uh, if you release from the lot of fortune. Now, so people who aren't familiar with zodiacal releasing, the gist of it is that we are breaking the life into chapters like a storybook where certain signs, houses, and the planets that rule that sign or house will be active and presiding over that season of your life. You can release from different positions in the chart, typically release from the lot of spirit or the lot of fortune, and um, they're used differently for different reasons. But in this case, whether you're releasing from spirit or fortune, we see a major transition around the sixth house cancer period, uh, a level one releasing from cancer into Capricorn on level two, and on level two uh, in the spirit periods, you see a cancer uh, 25 month period. So either way, the sixth house is active during the exact same time, just as it was in 2000. So for me as a practitioner, I, that there's, these are the tools that we have before us. It often begins with trying to identify where is the karma that the person is talking about in the birth chart. They come for a topical reading. I have to make sure I understand where do I see sick sibling or challenges with sibling? 
Where do I see the foundational importance of family uh, karma? Where is that really speaking in this chart? Um, <clears throat> maybe where do I see the sick father or whatever the case might be? And then trying to unpack what's behind this person says it all started in 2000, you know, go back in time, look at what was happening at that time, try to get down to some of the core characteristics that define that moment. Question about identity in the midst of the family trauma. What's happening coming up here? Question about identity again with signature of major challenges and changes coming around home and family, siblings, same thing. Typically in a reading, I'll provide people with a couple of tiers of information. So what do you think will happen? And they say, well, it's just, they're just educated guesses, you know, based on the astrology. The worst case scenario would be that a sibling or, you know, your, maybe your brother or one of your parents passes. That would probably be the worst, scariest thing. Excuse me. Um, but maybe a more middling level interpretation would be that there are serious health challenges for family members around that time, unexpected shakeups and family karma and family health. Another possibility would be that any of those things are happening at the same time that maybe you're taking a big step forward in your own personal evolution at work, in a relationship, starting a family, all things that she has in front of her still. But either way, the important thing is preparing a person. They come in for a topical reading. The idea is to say, yeah, like here's where the chart shows us what's going on. Here's some of the um, core psychological themes that are related to uh, these events. And then where do we see the coalescence of some of these themes in the future, especially the ones that she's really concerned about here? The most likely timeline that we see some of these things manifesting. What that does for a person is multiple. First, it just prepares them. Okay, I know around this time period, there's probably going to be some major life events around the things that I have these concerns about. Um, that's good to know because then when you're actually walking through that season, when that timeline arrives and things start happening, there is a sense of being able to trust the experience. And where there's trust, usually there's more discernment in terms of how to navigate the situation. When there's a sense that you're moving through something that's destined, even if it's really challenging, your level of acceptance, trust, and your intelligence just naturally raise. And you go, okay, there's a proper response in this moment. And I've, I've been waiting for this moment. And now it's time for me to respond with integrity with all of the inner spiritual capacity that I have. It's a moment that we experience as testing us, not something that's just happening to us and testing us in a good way. And we can be human for that experience while also responding with kind of like um, poise. The other thing it does is in this case, it really really confirmed or affirmed the feeling that who I am is going to be changing relative to the role I play in my family. And that's okay. There's a history here of how I've crafted my identity within my family unit that's going to be coming back up. And it's scary because I don't want to let my family down, but it's also okay that I'm feeling this 
call to perhaps evolve in my role or relationship with them. And that's going to be part of this. And it's okay. So there's a feeling of our past being sanctified and blessed and okay. And there's a feeling of the things that we know we're going to have to face being okay. So uh, I hope that this example was useful for everyone watching at home. Um, of course, one of the hallmarks of my classrooms is that in the final third of my first year program, for example, uh, we spend a lot of time with live clients. I also have a class called Readings and Passages, which is just a year of classrooms where the first part of the class is me reading for someone and the second part is breaking down the reading into all of its technical components, talking about the counseling dimension of the reading and the psychological elements of the reading and so forth. So uh, if you're someone who could benefit from that, you may consider checking out my courses on my website, nightlightastrology.com. The next ones start in June. I'll be promoting them. Of course, as you guys know, I promote them close to the start of my program. So that'll come up again. But in the meantime, when you're out there, hopefully you've gotten just a, uh, just a sense of transits alongside of zodiacal releasing. I wanted to give an example for people who um, are familiar with transits and zodiacal releasing, but maybe haven't seen them used sort of artfully alongside of one another. Um, and also give just some basic um, tips for natal delineation. Now, a simple place to start with topical delineations is just, where do I see it? Okay, this person's saying they have this challenge with their brother, this challenge uh, around family. Where am I going to identify those things in the chart first and foremost? And I have to try to locate them and then corroborate that I found the right places by confirming with previous transits. So anyway, a little craft talk today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys are having a good day. It's uh, snowing like crazy here today. So I'm, I'm, uh, I love it. I love getting snowed in a little bit. Bhakti Wednesday is tomorrow, and we will probably do another installment of the Tao Te Ching series for astrologers this week, try to do one a week, but we're also going to be looking at Mercury's square to Uranus, so we may do part one of that tomorrow. I'm not sure yet. We'll see how it goes. That's what I've got for today. I hope you guys have a good one, and thank you so much to our client for allowing us to look at your chart today. Deeply appreciated. You're, you benefit all of us, and uh, yeah, have a good day, everyone. Bye.